I want to share something before I completely answer your question. Members of my team and I interview kids all of the time. And maybe it's the case that every chief academic officer would say this, but when I say it, I mean it from the depths of my being. We have the most brilliant, capable students. When you speak to them, their student achievement in no way matches who they are when you talk to them. I'm not just saying that in a warm, fuzzy educator way. I'm saying that as someone who has spoken to them, who has listened to them articulate their view of the district. They are breathtakingly brilliant and amazing. Are you for TV? Are you? Are you? Wait, are you a teacher? Are you for TV? I'm recording a podcast. Tell me what you love about school. I love that people are very nice here. I want to say that um, I like Highland a lot. As students, what do you guys want your school to do for you? What kinds of things do you expect from your school? Oh, I, ex I expect like uh, the highest education there is. I expect you know, it, the it, hardest like, math. You like math? Yes. I, I, I like science and it's so fun. You have good principals, you have good friends, and they have good teachers. Ms. Francis, Ms. Ms. Whitfield, and Mr. Mr. Rose, Ms. Garcia, Ms. Ms. Dukas, and they have the principal, Mr. Jones. The school help us learn. The school cares for you. We're at Highland Elementary in Inglewood, California, a district in the southwestern part of Los Angeles County with a population of just over 100,000 residents. You may know Inglewood for SoFi Stadium, or the home of Randy's Donuts. But not too long ago, Inglewood was a blue ribbon school district and one of the most well-regarded programs in the nation. Front page of the LA Times, April 13th, the Inglewood Miracle. This district had the highest test scores of any district in the state of California. Not only a national blue ribbon, we were a California Distinguished School, and we were a Title I Academic Achievement School. We received all three awards in one year. And many districts came from across the country to visit Inglewood and to see what they were doing. This once Blue Ribbon School District, labeled as one of the best in the nation, fell on tough times, landing them in state receivership. This is a district that with so much promise and so much potential, but there's some tough decisions that have to be made in the school district. But what does that mean for the students? What does it mean for the teachers, the staff, admin? What the hell does state receivership even mean? When you're in state receivership, there's this sense of hopelessness that sets in. Inglewood faces many challenges, some due to mismanaged financial issues that then trickle down to school sites across the district. One of the challenges Inglewood has is the district's enrollment has gone from 18,000 students to 7,000 students. There was a point where teachers were being laid off because of declining enrollment. Test scores begin to decline. If you look at a system that has been told for 12 years you're in receivership, the effect that has on people there's definitely a negative perception sometimes. Where do you work? Inglewood, Oh. Teacher raises begin being deferred. 
Teachers, just like students, have to be emotionally healthy and feel respected and feel that sense of belonging and feel like they have a say and they have a voice. Morale starts to fall off. And I've also noticed students are not prepared. They just are not prepared, and I don't know where that ball is being dropped. School sites are being held up by duct tape, literally and figuratively. And they have 155 accountabilities that the district has to meet. These are requirements for the Fiscal Crisis and Management Assistance Team. This is what you have to do in order to get out of receivership. And on and on and on. It has gone on 12 years now. They had money being thrown at them, people wanting to start different types of charter schools, having different partnerships. The culture that made Highland a Blue Ribbon School quickly vanished. Just a lot of initiatives. Constant changes in leadership, opinions coming in left and right. Not all help is good help, and some of that help was detracting Inglewood. What was once a harmonious setting was now a train derailed, trying to find its way back on track. Being a part of state receivership means that you lose local control. But an element of that was a lesson learned that having a state administrator in a local school district was not beneficial. The passing of AB 1840 allows for the district to be supported more locally with the County Office of Education. If you're like me, and you're having trouble keeping up with all of this, good. Try and imagine for a moment just what it might feel like for that type of confusion to be in your brain, all the while trying to lead a classroom full of students. And not just lead them, but meaningfully focus on them. Give them your full attention. To not feel like you're constantly shortchanging them. This is Rising from the Margins, the podcast that delves deep into the triumphs and challenges of some of California's most economically challenged schools. Chapter 2, Part 1, Highland Elementary in Inglewood, California. If you're new to the podcast, welcome. I'm your host, Byron Watkins. Our previous episode has excellent insights into the intensive assistance model that's working well at Washington Elementary in Madera, California. I would check that out, as it may help you follow along with today's episode. Because while there are similarities between these schools, Highland comes with tremendous challenges, weighted context, and it can all feel deflating at times. But there is hope. Hope comes in the form of CCEE, an acronym you'll hear used quite a bit. It stands for the California Collaborative for Educational Excellence. They've been involved with Inglewood since April of 2018, and specifically with Highland for the past two years, implementing the intensive assistance model. I think at the heart of CCE's job is to help districts look in the mirror and understand how their systems, their policies, their practices are impacting student outcomes. And that's really, really challenging work because it is human work. Meet Stephanie Gregson, Deputy Executive Director for CCEE. In her role, she's hands-on in the trenches overseeing the direct technical assistance efforts focusing on school turnaround, which includes a number of school sites across California who have adopted the intensive assistance model. And Highland Elementary is one of them. Highland has actually been a test school for the entire Inglewood School District. 
And Inglewood at that time did not have an infrastructure in place to handle systems improvement because a system is created by the people. And so they have the decision to change the system, to disrupt it and do something differently. And so our work is centered on helping them do exactly that by asking different questions, by coaching, by lifting up all of those different voices. I think one of the things we tend to do in education is, you know, we adopt every disjointed, fragmented innovation that comes along, and then we expect teachers to implement it. That is Dr. Jim Morris. He's the newly appointed county administrator for Inglewood School District. He comes with a wealth of experience. He began his career as a teacher, on to principal, superintendent, retiree, and now has been tasked with steering the district back on course to get it out of receivership and return Inglewood and Highland back to its rightful place. So what Jim is trying to do is peel away all of those detractors from teaching and learning. And that's why he, one of the reasons he likes this model is because it focuses in on the teaching and learning. CCEE has been a remarkable partner. Right now, our work is really overcoming that label that folks feel, oh, you're a district that hasn't been successful. You're a school district that, you know, had to take out a state loan because you couldn't pay your bills. What exactly is receivership? The simplest way to put it, it's an emergency loan from the state to help when a school district is having financial and budgetary issues, from mismanagement to declining enrollment. And until the school meets a list of requirements and pays back that loan, they are in receivership. And in Inglewood's case, they've been stuck here longer than any other school district. It's overcoming that negative stigma and really helping people to believe in themselves and be empowered again. And so CCE's role has really been in that set of accountability standards in the area of instruction, helping to define, refine, and narrow the instructional focus of the district. What's becoming clear is that throughout these 12 years of state receivership, the school has been pulled in so many directions, and the amount of quote-unquote noise has increased tremendously. It has reverberated throughout the school sites, been amplified by the isolation of teachers, and without a light at the end of the tunnel, how does one find the motivation to move forward? It's hard. It's very hard to get up and just teach. That's what I want to do, teach. And I got to go through a lot of different things in order to, to do that. That's fourth grade teacher Michael Reed. He started his career at Highland 27 years ago. So to say he's seen it all would be a bit of an understatement. Because we are in receivership and we do have other people coming in and they have their own set of ways that they want to do certain things and what they want to see. So they come in, so we have to, you know, adhere to that. I don't know, I'm just finding that I don't quite have time to teach because I'm doing a lot of that and not enough with my students. Here's 20-year veteran teacher Stavrula Dukas of Highlands 3rd grade. There was a time where we thought we were doing PLC, 
back in the day, our principals would say, go, go to your collaborative group. And we would just get this like paper, fill out what you talked about. And then we just turn in the paper. You know, that really isn't a process. And 25-year veteran teacher and guiding coalition member, Valerie DeMorest. We had different leadership at the top, which was difficult to implement any one thing. We also have had a lot of different principals over the years. I think I've had 12, 13 different principals in the time that I've been here. A lot of people were just kind of using it as a stepping stone to go on to something else. And so we didn't have consistency either at the district or at the top of the school either. So it made it difficult for those of us that were still here putting in the hard work to do what we needed to do for the kids. It's a kind of an isolating um, profession, right? Because you're, you're not, you're in the classroom, right? And then you might see each other at lunch, uh, but not usually, especially if the lunches are staggered. So who are you going to see? Maybe one other grade level. Teachers that don't get good professional development from their district just have to look for it elsewhere. So I would find teachers online, and I went to conferences outside of Inglewood to get what I needed to be a better teacher and really meet the kids where they were at and really help them achieve. But we didn't get any professional development on things that were actually going to be effective for the kids in the classrooms. But I feel like the district is finally starting to come back around. These are honest and straightforward shares and thoughts from a well-rounded group of teachers. And when you add up the tenure of just the teachers I spoke with today, we're well over 100 combined years of teaching at Highland alone. They've spent their entire careers here. One thing that we have to remember is that every teacher comes from a different type of credentialing program, a different understanding around the role of a teacher and the different knowledge bases that a teacher must have, especially in elementary school. And they also come with their own thoughts around what a teacher should be and what they shouldn't be. And so it's human work. But yes, this is about common sense, not being common practice. And this model makes it common practice. If you listen to episode one, you may recall Todd Lyle, the superintendent of Madera Unified, sharing with us how we need to be better at respecting the degrees and talent that we have within our schools. We need to be better about valuing what we have right in front of us. I think in the beginning, the district was doing everything and doing nothing well. And it's changing that to say, we're gonna focus on a small number of things and do them in a quality way. And I think CCE has been there really from the very beginning to help the district develop that theory of action. What is the need of this community? Because every school community is a little bit different. This is Dr. Deborah Duardo. LA County Office of Education superintendent, who has the distinct privilege of looking after close to 2 million students within LA County. You know, making sure that everybody feels that sense of community, that students feel a sense of belonging. And I think when you get to that place where everybody is coming together with one common vision and goal of serving our students as they deserve to be served, we're going to make sure that our district students receive the type of resources, support, the strong instructional program that they're entitled to and that they should have. Let's use a little metaphor here. Consider a wristwatch. 
It's a precision instrument where all the parts have to work together to tell time. If you wanted to understand how a watch worked, you would take it apart carefully. Understanding how each part fit together and works with each surrounding part. It is one whole instrument filled with many parts that work together to tell time. Now, imagine wanting to understand how a wristwatch works and grabbing a hammer and then just smashing it. Then trying to see how all the broken shards fit together. This is incoherent. I think it's just typical for most teachers to follow the curriculum. It is effectively what we're doing when we don't see the whole, that a school is one whole thing. Each teacher, each and every grade, and what is being taught in each grade fit together, like a watch, to tell time. I'd say probably the knowledge base is probably a block, and I'd also say time has probably been a block. True, intensive model PLCs unfold coherence in relationships. They do this by creating shared meaning among teachers and allowing them the space and time to solve problems in real time, not months down the road. And I think for so long, so many teachers were acting in isolation. 25-year teacher, Valerie DeMorest. There wasn't a lot of collaboration going on, and so everyone's feeling so stretched, doing all these extra things, and yet not collaborating with other people about, hey, what really works best for you, and sharing ideas, and um, we didn't have a lot of that. So I think bringing the attention back to that collaboration is what gets me the most excited, how we can really share ideas with each other and learn from each other, because we do have good teachers here, and they have great ideas. It's just a matter of bringing those out and being able to share them with each other. Stephanie Gregson of CCEE. In our model, it is a three-year project. And year one is extremely hard and challenging, but it's the groundwork in order for the school to impact student achievement. And I think for Highland, being a national blue ribbon school, and you have staff that were there when it was a national blue ribbon school, and then being in the state that it was prior to last year, it's hard. They saw what they were, they saw what they could be, but they're doing the work and they're doing the right thing. A teacher come up to me and say, well, why isn't this more scripted? That's the voice of Trevino Jones, third year principal at Highland. And I had to share with the teacher that because it's ours, this is our work, it's about us. Before stepping into the principal's chair, he spent 24 years teaching at, you guessed it, Highland Elementary. This isn't something that you just come in and you get directions, and because if that were the case, you could just recreate it, pass it to every school in America, and the answer would be there. That's the piece that I so appreciate, because I think that's probably why so many schools are failing. I try what worked at your school at my school, and I don't find the same level of success that you had doing this very same thing. County Administrator Dr. Jim Morris. We, we, we do that a lot in education. Okay, here, here's the magic answer. Everybody scurry over here. Oh no, the magic answer was over there. Whereas with this model, is geared towards whatever your school and your situation is. So our kids are uniquely different. Our struggles are different. The communities we serve are different. LA County Superintendent Dr. Deborah Duardo. 
kids come to school, you know, at different places. We have students who have immigrated from another country that don't speak the language. We have children who are unhoused. We have children where there's substance abuse or domestic violence or a parent is incarcerated. You know, you could just go on and on and on about some of the challenges that can be a barrier to learning. You know, it's like you have to think about this holistically. But as we've heard, teachers are bogged down by a lot of noise blocked. How can we be truly sensitive to the relationships right in front of us, sensitive to the personal struggles of our students, their own brand of noise that keeps them blocked from learning, blocked from the very experiences that we must provide them so they can believe in themselves and change their futures, if we're blocked by so many incoherent thoughts and ideas. And that noise at Highland and Inglewood has persisted for years now. We still feel it. Receivership, low pay, unprepared kids, try this idea, try that idea, etc., etc., etc. And it's hard, it's very hard to get rid of all that white noise and just teach. That's what I want to do, teach. Anything worth having is going to require us to have to do some difficult work. It's going to require the heavy lift. And it's going to probably require us to change some things that we're used to. And I think those things are things that I try and reassure teachers that we're moving in the right direction. And just as you and I spoke earlier, we spoke about this district being in receivership. My question would then be, what do we have to lose? To me, this motto is so critical. It is probably the last hurrah for our district if it does not work. This former Blue Ribbon School, now fighting to stay alive, isn't an anomaly. Declining enrollment was a major contributing factor to its receivership. And then the dominoes fell, one by one. So if this can happen to one of the best districts in the nation, can't it happen anywhere? Front page of the LA Times, April 13th, the Inglewood Miracle. I was the assistant superintendent of instruction in LAUSD at the time, and we stole people right and left from Inglewood because this district was highly, highly successful. Perhaps your school is not as immune to this type of situation as you'd like to believe, or maybe have ever even considered. When things are going great, we tend not to look at what might be going wrong. The old, why upset the apple cart? Can we see the lessons of Highland so we can prevent it from happening elsewhere? If we pay attention to the details of what is being shared with us here, we can see a blueprint begin to take shape of how it happened at Highland. One strong leader leaves, and along with them goes the strong culture. Then incoherence sets in, confusion, fragmentation, this causes a search for an answer. We look outside of ourselves for those answers because we don't believe that we have the answers. This act adds noise, too many ideas, making it hard to impossible to see what really needs to be done. This leads to a loss of hope and belief in our abilities that we had when the culture was strong, when our relationships were strong. A loss of culture, a loss of leadership, and a loss of coherence. 
all blocked by more and more noise until we cannot see what is actually happening anymore. And that snowball just gets bigger. This is the smashed watch trying to be fit back together. But the beautiful thing is, we have the answers in us of what needs to be done. 100 plus years of teaching talent in just the four teachers we spoke to, four leaders at Highland. The answer to every problem of practice that we have in this district is already in this district. That's the voice of Dr. Bernadette Lucas, Chief Academic Officer for Inglewood. And no one can convince me otherwise. Just imagine what happens when all the teachers, all of the leaders at Highland are collaborating, sharing, and communicating together, working in relationship. PLCs are a way to honor the fact that those answers are already in the district. Kind of gives you chills. All this requires is us seeing these facts, then actually believing them. Then we just got to actually do it. Remember those two girls from the open? The ones that were so close that they were completely in sync. They were telling us the right answers to our problems before we even started. We just gotta listen. Kinda gives you chills. Sometimes we're responsible for things, not because they're our fault, but because we're the only ones who can change them. I cannot express to you without seeming crazy how strongly I believe this. And the, the culture of PLCs, the practice, the structures bring that about. That's why I'm so vested in this and have chosen this as one of the drivers for educational services because I do feel so strongly about all these issues related to the kids' liberation. Dr. Lucas is incredible, and you'll hear much more from her in part two of our episode on Highland and Inglewood. The story is big, and there are lots of inspiring and interesting things to share. So we hope that you'll join us for part two. We'll talk more about the work being done, how well it's working, and how it's beginning to reestablish these things that had been lost. Things are shifting and I feel it. I know what this feels like, I've been here before. It feels a lot like the shift that we had 13 years ago. Join us next time for more on Highland Elementary in Inglewood, California. This is Rising from the Margins. This series was brought to you by CCEE, the California Collaborative for Educational Excellence, whose mission is to help transform public education so that every student is left inspired and prepared to thrive as their best self in the world. If you would like to learn more about CCEE, log on to CCEE-CA.org. Additional support was provided by Parsec Education. It was produced in Fresno, California at Winsong Productions. Thank you for listening.